0: Poisy narratives we will actually be talking about a difficult topic we will be talking about abusive relationships so if you are listening right now with younger ears we just want you to know that moving forward that this conversation may be a little hard also if you are concerned about a relationship that you were in that you think may possibly be abusive we would like you to know about some organizations that are here to help the national hotline at thehotline.org is somewhere you can go online for some resources. You may also call their 24-hour hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. Some local organizations are Genesis Women's Shelter. You can go to genesisshelter.org, or you can call their 24-hour hotline at 214-946-4357. Or you can also contact Hope's Door, New Beginning, You can go to hdnbc.org or call their 24-hour hotline at 972-276-0057. And also, please feel free to reach out to the Noisy Narratives team by emailing us on this website, you know, from this podcast, if you feel like you need someone to talk to or to get some local resources. As always, we are praying for our listeners and our community and um, know that Noisy Narratives is here for you as we share these hard stories hello everyone Um, this is debbie vallejo welcome to the noisy narrative podcast i'm here along with christy williams and kelly mallory kelly mallory is our special guest today we're so excited to have her back just a little brief note if you did not already listen to kelly's um, initial story part one of her story that she is sharing with us we encourage you to go ahead and go do that you will find um, this part two much more uh, easier to listen to, much more easy if that doesn't make sense, but easier to listen to. You will understand it better if you go listen to the first part of Kelly's story. So we would encourage you to go do that first. Um, we are going to now go on in part two, and we're going to kind of cover the rest of Kelly's journey as she moves more towards what happened with her church family and with the pastor she was involved with. And just her life moving forward from where we left it and how God has grown her in this experience and just how um, he just provided life to her. So, Kelly, we're going to go now. You you left us at the end of your story. You were at your mom's house. Yes. I think. Yes, so I was. Tell us. You had, at this point, gone to your mom's kind of for refuge to um, heal some and just figure out next steps, right? Is kind of where you we were at. So, tell us. What happened? I don't
1: know if it was healing was, yet. It was just was panic and get away. Yet? I don't right know if it's right. healing, it was healing. That's true. It was definitely good, survival right. mode. So there you point. go. Mo's. There you go. That's um, that
2: right. You know, at that point, when I really think about it, I don't think I still felt I had a right to leave him. Um, you know, because we had talked about how I don't know that I was comfortable labing, labeling it physical abuse because there wasn't a clear-cut definition out there. I just knew I didn't have a black eye. I didn't have a busted lip. I didn't have marks that people could see, you know? Um, so I felt like I wanted to get out no matter what, but I did feel like I was going against a promise that I made to God. And I kind of just compartmentalized with that and kept my head down and still decided to proceed with a divorce, um, at that point. And so I had also decided that I wanted to, um, meet with the pastor of Oh, the church he was at? We don't know that he's works in the church yet. Have he? Oh, he, he does work. Yes, we probably
0: should explain that.
1: <laughs> yes, let's go back. And this discuss. is part That's two okay. where we tell you he, woke, he worked at the church. Yes. And there we go. We yes. all know now.
0: Yeah. So We, we purposely was, did
1: not talk about that in part one yes. because we wanted to kind of peel it apart and break it down so it didn't muddy the waters between the abuse and the church. And those are two very different topics. A lot of them work together. Yeah. For some people, I'm not gonna say work together. Some of them are together. They merge. Yes. yes, and they they're merge. not comfortable, and they're two very big issues, and lots of time and counseling to get through. Yes, <laughs> and I also feel like that explains a whole other part to the story. Yes, yes, he was it does. a youth pastor. Yes. Um, so
0: the time you're married, you're, you're at your mom's house, and he is working as an intern, yes. a youth pastor intern, exactly at a church. Correct. And so you have different layers of this. Part of the reason you also felt like. You were going against, like you said, what God wanted for you mm-hmm. was because you guys are believers, but then also because of his position in the church, added just more pressure.
2: Right. And I so felt a responsibility right. that if I exposed this, you know, was I going to make other people question the church? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like responsibilities the that were
2: never mine, but I, I put them on myself. Um, so I had decided to try to have a meeting with the pastor of that church. But before I could get back down there and have the meeting, I got an email saying that, you know, my medical insurance had been canceled. Um, I went on Facebook to try to contact people, and they had blocked me. So it was just very much closing the ranks. Um, They had immediately just decided that whatever he said was true. I I still don't know what he said. I don't know if he was truthful or if he lied. Still to this day? No, I I don't know. I've never. That was kind of the end all of that. I don't. I have heard that he um, told people that I cheated so that he could stay working in the ministry. I don't know if that's true.
1: In I human know, nature, you don't have any desire to dig. At one point, have you ever been like, I oh, really to Oh, for
2: sure. For sure. Okay. But it's, just making sure you're human. No, no. It took a lot okay. of counseling <laughs> to get me to relinquish that bit of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I just kind of thought, I can't control um, what has happened to me, but I can expose the truth, you know? Now, being strong like I am now, I probably would go show up on that doorstep and make the pastor have a meeting with me. But back then, it was just, it's all painful. You don't know what's shame, what's betrayal, what's Mm -hmm. anger. It's just, it hurts. And so Mm. I'm very good at putting things in a box and compartmentalizing. And at that point, I needed to move. I needed to get a job. I needed to go through a divorce. I needed to figure out money. I needed to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Um,
0: How well did you know those pastors that he was working with? Um,
2: that not that well. We, we were not married that long, you mm-hmm. know, maybe six months. So it was not a close relationship by any means. Could your family help you
1: process this well? Um, are they, They're believers. Oh, absolutely. So then when you tell them all this. Oh, I mean, they were very supportive, right. most
2: definitely. The, my stepdad was in the middle of a really scary cancer battle. So that kind of gave everyone else something to focus on. Um, but I think I touched on this last time. My sisters are very much, okay, you say he's bad. We're on your team. You know, what do we, let's mm-hmm. pick ourselves up and move on, you know. Um, I, it was little things that were hard for me, you know, just like explaining to my niece and nephew who were so young at the time where their uncle had gone, you know, and it was just, those are the kind of things that that really hurt. Everything else I could kind of shove away and pretend wasn't bothering me. Um, It was hard losing friendships from college. Um, It was harder to lose people who came back around and said, hey, we'll still be your friend, but we're not going to talk about anything. We're not going to pick sides. You just have to, you know, we can just pretend none of that happened. That was harder for me because... Hmm. Same thing with the church. Why don't you want to know the truth? What's the harm in confirming um, that someone working with kids isn't abusive? If you don't believe me, because they, they they knew why I left. Um, even Who's, they? Who's they? The people we went to school with, um, the people at the church that he worked at, um, even the, I don't know his official title, maybe the dean of the internship program from our college, he was told why I left. And he didn't believe it. He flat out said, that's, that's not true. That's not his character. How but, was he told? Like, did you tell him? Did... I didn't tell him friends of mine Okay. because uh, I wasn't even in the same city at that yeah. point. Um,
0: so, it's so at any time, did a pastor or the dean, no one tried to call the two of you in together to talk to them or even just to call you and say, hey, can I come talk and just see how you're doing and get your side no, oh, no one reached on. out. I find that extraordinary.
2: The There were two people that did eventually reach out. They were from the church that I had attended while I went to college. One of them was the youth, youth pastor there and he had actually married us. Mm-hmm. Um, he did reach out, was super supportive. Um, he said, hey, he told me the truth and I don't know what you need. I don't even know if you want to talk to me about it. Um, but I just want you to know that you know you are supported.
1: When he says the truth, do you really believe that he told him the truth? Like, I don't everyone's got a version of the truth. I don't, right? but somewhere in the middle is the truth. Exactly.
2: Oh, I I don't believe it was the nitty-gritty details. I don't believe it was
1: I find that shocking that he would go to him and tell him the, whole, the 100% truth.
2: Oh, yes. I don't I don't believe it at all. I at that point I was so um I was in so much pain and I was so turned off by people who worked in the church absolutely. that I didn't even reply to his message. Um,
0: yeah. Cause so where do you so put he that? reached out and then you just decided not to at that point. Yeah. Cause he
2: had so said, better. I don't know if you want to talk to me about mm-hmm. it. And how long had time gone by? Oh gosh. I don't remember. It, it was a couple months. I would say.
1: Enough to where you're like, I'm kind of processing where this is. I don't want to go back there. Like you mm-hmm. said, you put things in a box.
2: Yeah. I so was like, kind of like I'm that that good with Jesus. Uh-huh. I am not good yep. with the people who claim to follow Jesus at no. that point, you know. Um, Interesting enough, I remember I had a friend who invited me to a Bible study after all this, probably about a year later. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm good with God. I just don't think I'm ready for that, you know. God doesn't hurt me, but religious people hurt me. And she was like, yeah, I know. They hurt Jesus, too. So I'll pick you up at five. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> She's like, a good oh, friend. Touche.
2: Good, good point. So did you go? <laughs> I did. Oh, good. Um, interestingly enough, that's been, you know, over a decade ago. And one of the girls that was in that Bible study, I now uh, am the co-coordinator of Mops with her.
0: Aww. We met back
2: up all these years later. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh,
0: I love That's pod. bad. I, yeah, do it I do, too. I do, too. So you're at your mom's then and now just hurt Mm -hmm. from people in the church that have turned their backs on you, like in major ways, like nobody's calling to check up on you. You're not, um, and young married or not. Um, I mean, I, I still, I think the church is reeling from the realizations we've, and I mean, universal church, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying just one church in particular over the last few years, we've been reeling from the realizations um, of how much we've hurt hurting people. In our church bodies, right? So, were you you were moving on with your family, saying, "I have to go through this divorce. I'm going to need," which was a good decision, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to need. I know that
2: now. You know that now. I didn't think it was a good decision. I thought it was a necessary decision.
0: So but, how did you, how did you come to that difference? Cause that is a very different oh, one. Lots and lots of counseling. One <laughs> so where, did, where is that line? Where do you find the difference between just, Hey, I'm surviving. This is a necessary decision to, Oh no, this was a good decision. It was best for him and for me. Like, where did you come oh, to
2: that? Years, years later with actually my counselor that I have now. So you lived with guilt of getting divorced for years. Um, I did. It wasn't an everyday guilt. It was if I go near that box, guilt. Yes. Um. But
1: still, those things linger. Satan's really good about oh, slowly sure. opening the box a little to be like,
0: oh, look. So how did you come to that? Like, how did you move? I mean, like, what are? I would love to know. Like, how? When did did you wake up one morning and all of a sudden? Go. Oh, I am free of this. Or um, was it? Very I gradual. It was.
2: I'm trying to think of how my counselor worded it. It was, I was having kind of a breakdown in his office one day and I was like, and I've gotten guilt from this and guilt from this. And he's like, wait, 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 what did you say, Kelly? And I I was like, I feel guilty that I left. You know, I didn't say and trust God. And he goes, you did exactly what God told you to do. You protected yourself. You were the weak and vulnerable in that situation. And the Bible tells us to protect our, you know, protect the weak and vulnerable. You did that. You obeyed. What you did was an act of obedience. And I was just like, I oh, um, that's it. Okay. Okay.
0: So that was an aha moment.
2: It you. was an aha moment. And I definitely have to repeat that aha moment sometimes when I, you know, yeah. I've, I had over a decade of uh, a thought path lined up yes. in my brain. I had to, I have to retrain myself, but. Self-talk. When he said that, I was, yes, talk to myself. Don't listen to myself. Right. I learned that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But he said it in just such a matter-of-fact way. He was like, no, no, we don't have time for this. We, we protect God's people. That's exactly what you did.
0: And I was like, okay,
1: okay, I get it.
0: So reconciliation takes two. So have you found yourself reconciled to the church?
1: What do you mean reconciliation takes two? In other words,
0: like to reconcile, you need both people. Like you can forgive, that's you. Yes, yes to reconcile takes both. Like, do you feel like the church has welcomed you now? Like any church, like I'm saying universal church, do you feel welcome in church? Oh yeah. So I'm a
2: member here at this church. Mm -hmm. I will say when I, I joined, um, I do love the church body. I love the people. I am, and this goes back to my childhood too. I, I have an issue when, leaders of the church are elevated either by themselves or by the other Mm -hmm. people. They're on a pedestal. They're above it because I've lived in a home with a church employee that it was so deceptive and so manipulative. And so I kind of just, I would side eye everybody like, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? Um, Again, it kind of took finding my current counselor that I go to because I'd seen a different counselor before, a woman, um, and that's that's the other thing, too. I was, I'm was i a lot more comfortable with women who work in the church as opposed to men. Or I, I have been. High five, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that there couldn't be deception and abuse. Um, I want to make that important. Women mm-hmm. can be abusers, too. Oh, um, yes, they can. But I had quit going to this one counselor, and I had a couple kids, and I just wanted to get back. I like counseling. I like... Mm-hmm. I like working and proving. Yes. Good Um, for you. I I don't want to be one of those people that blames Mm -hmm. people in the present or in the future for something that happened in the past. You know, that's like my big goal in life. And so I heard this guy speak and I knew he used to be a former pastor, um, but now he worked just as a biblical counselor, um, did executive coaching, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I really like his message when he spoke, so I'll give him a try. And I showed up and... Sitting across from him in such a small office, I quickly realized he had some physical similarities as my ex and similar facial expressions, which was not good. Do you get goosebumps when those moments happen? No, I get angry. Because okay. I was like, I went out, I went out of this, I felt trapped in the room. Oh, trapped in the room. Yes. You know, I had
1: like physical feelings when he oh, showed these. It was straight <gasps> adrenaline.
2: Kelly. It was fight or flight. Crazy. Um crazy. Well, and it, I didn't know it was there because this is not something I, I think about. This right. is not something I harbor on. I put it in a box and I moved on. Yeah. Um. Then he told me for the majority of his career, he was a youth pastor. Oh. So I was like, okay, I'm oh. done. Uh-huh. I was polite the rest of the session and I left. I was like, <laughs> never going back there again. So I remember I got home, and I was like, okay, God, clearly that one's not going to work out, so tell me what you want, and I will obey. You know, and he made it very clear. He spoke
1: to me. Do you feel like you weren't obeying him before, which is why you got this guy? Because you said, clearly I will obey. Are you implying that you weren't obedient before, or just, I'm going to walk wherever you want me to go? No,
2: I had just made up my mind that that was, God wouldn't want me to be somewhere that I'm uncomfortable. Okay, yeah. God wouldn't want me to be somewhere that I'm hurt, which he doesn't. God doesn't want you to be hurt, but... That's not God hurting me. Right. Um, And he made it very clear to me. He's like, go back to this counselor. I was like, "Um, no, no, no. Maybe you didn't hear me, God. Um, So we wrestled with that a little bit. And I ended up going back and it was awful. Oh, it was agony. I sat through there again. And he's big on body language. And he was Mm -hmm. like, I can tell you're agitated. I can tell you're uncomfortable. um, But I didn't want to tell him all this stuff. I I thought I had it handled. It was from so long ago. Mm -hmm. I'd moved on from it. So needless to say, it wasn't a successful session because it's only as successful as you are honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't think I was being a liar. I just, I didn't know what to say. It wasn't, it wasn't sorted out in my head. So the third time I went back, kind of walked in and I was just like, listen, dude, I got to, got to tell you a couple things. When you do this, it makes me think of this. The fact that you're a youth pastor creeps me out. I don't trust people that work in the church. I've been hurt by them. And I mean, he just met me with 100% empathy. He was like, I know. Being hurt by someone that works in the church is the just a whole new level of pain. He's like, because it messes with you on a human level, but it messes with you on a spiritual level too. And he said, you know, however long it takes, um, question me. I'm, you know, it makes me sharper. You don't have to trust me. I'm here for the long haul. So let's just work at it, and I mean that didn't magically make me trust him. I still side eyed him the whole, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. But now I'm at a place where I do trust him and yes. respect his opinion, you know.
0: When you, it sounded like you, God didn't know what you need. You needed oh. someone to push you. Absolutely. In all those areas that you actually did not want opened.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. and
0: now I can be
2: taught by him. You know, he is a great counselor, um, and so that healing um, by forming that relationship has helped me heal in the broader scheme
1: with the church. It's like restoring something too. There's a restoration of that type of human that now you're like, I can sit with, and I can have a conversation with, Sit with swarm as much. Yeah, that's kind of the term (laughs) we would use. I said, I always
2: feel like the dog that's left at the shelter that nobody, you know, Mm -hmm. wants, and they just kind of become this mean, nasty thing. And you just need someone to come like sit in a room with you until it's like, Hey, it's not that bad. It's okay. So
0: that's sweet. Yeah. So you're, so you do end up finding a job and moving from this, going through a divorce and working through, like you're saying, all these things with counseling and everything else. Um, eventually You meet someone else. I do. Okay. So tell us, we don't know. So you mentioned your kids, and I just wanted to make sure we close that loop up because (laughs) there's been, there was a, you did a lot of work, and your family's been with you and Mm -hmm. different friends, but you've had to do some various levels of reconciliation restoration. It sounds like different relationships, but tell us, like, how you met your current
1: husband. I do have oh, a question about the past on. husband.
0: Oh, okay. Did <laughs> <Okay>. you <laughs> ever <laughs> see him? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. There's
1: so many open door. <laughs> yes. I have questions. Yes. Have you ever seen him since then? I have Before? not. Never, ever. No. So the last time you saw him was at your parents' house? Yes, because it was an
2: uncontested divorce. and That's so I was wondering if you saw him in, in court. No, I, really well I went
1: by myself.
2: And he didn't show up? He didn't. That is awesome. Um, the state of Texas. Were you just a basket case? I was. I was. Yes. I was. It, it was... Did your I think sisters it was go with you? And nervous to like go back into that city because mm-hmm. I didn't know who else I was going to see there. If I was going to see members of the church and how I would react. Um, no, my sisters didn't go with me. They would have if I would asked them. But you did it by yourself with your attorney. I, I, no, I didn't even have an attorney. Shut the front door. It was just you. Yeah, it was just me. Oh. Kind of like filed it online. Really. I was again. If am- it's uncontested, that, so that does
0: make you can do that. If it's that, like. It's kind of that's a blessing to you. It really was, but it
2: was still my shame. Um, My dad even offered to pay for it, and I wouldn't let him because I said I I got myself into this mess. I need to get myself out of it. You know that kind of stuff. So, so you really definitely
1: shame. Yes, you were in it deep, shame wise and emotional. The emotional shame of it, even so much like I'll pay for it.
2: Yes. Um, and it wasn't just, and I'll do it, by it wasn't myself. like shame, like that this happened to me. It was shame that I had allowed it yes. to go on and that I had hit it. And so now I even took that people don't believe me as my own fault. Cause I said, right. Oh, I'm the liar. Right.
1: Yeah. I didn't tell anyone. It's interesting. Okay. So. Now on to the new fabulous husband that you have now. And you've got two <laughs> babies with your baby daddy. Yes. My baby daddy. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I met him actually through my brother-in-law's little sister. So he had, he was kind of a friend of the family. I was not looking for anything. He was not looking for anything, and um, yeah, we we ended up just started dating. We met on a like a blind date at a baseball
1: game. Oh, that's fun. And but did you have those emotions from the first husband come up at any point? No, at trust? that point I didn't. I had gone through counseling. Okay.
2: Then and I thought that I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay not blaming him for past mistakes. and I was just, the residual feelings were about myself mm-hmm. that I felt like I had kind of wronged God. I hadn't given it a chance. I had decided that, you know, what I wanted, my comfort level was the most important thing. That's how I was viewing it, which is totally incorrect now, but I shoved it down, mm-hmm. kept
0: shoving. So how has this been for you guys, you and your marriage? Um, do you feel like when you entered into um, the marriage with your second husband that you were at a good spot? I do. You, that's that's awesome. So you felt like you were able to hear a heal before and that relationship has not has been has not overshadowed your current your, marriage, your I, marriage.
2: I yes, it it is not something I think about ever. And so that's why it was so shocking when I went into that counselor's office and it was just, hey, you, you look like
0: him let's not do that don't raise your
2: eyebrows that way um
0: but so I have it so we wanted to know too another question about the church um just do you think the reaction from the church if what you went through then because how many years ago was that um eight or no I'm sorry 12, 12 2008 like yes <laughs> like since 2008 do you think the reaction would be the same now the church has had as a and the whole has had a whole
2: I don't. I think, I mean, one of the things I'm so proud of um, is when you read books by Christian authors now, or when you read devotionals now, there are little asterisks that, you know, you go to the bottom of the page and it says, this does not apply in abusive situations. Those Mm -hmm. require help from professionals. You know, when you hear pastors giving sermons about forgiveness, they tend to indicate, you, you know, hey, by the way, footnote, I'm not talking about abuse here. If you are in an abusive situation, reach out for help. We will help you. Get professional help. There, there weren't those kind of disclaimers, mm-hmm. I don't feel like. Or if they were, they were not widespread. And I see them everywhere now. And I don't think it's because I'm looking for them. I think they're just they're there. prevalent. Yes, and it's, I agree. Oh, it's so good to hear. and it's mm-hmm. It's so nice when a person in authority at a church calls out that behavior. Mm-hmm. When they do not normalize it, they don't excuse it. Mm-hmm. They don't say, oh, he was just angry. Oh, he was just frustrated. Oh,
0: oh, if you just do this, yes. feel this. Oh, pray mean, it away. Yeah. Like that's... Yeah. Insert rolling eyes. Yes.
2: I I don't think it would be the same reaction,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is so amazing to me.
0: Because there's the gospel on that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, all right, I don't think our... Right? I don't think the church is... Line of success should be, oh, all our people stayed married. Correct. I don't right? think Marriage that's your end-all, be-all. <laughs> yes. And so. Um, and okay, I don't yeah.
2: think, and I think when you realize what forgiveness actually is, forgiveness and reconciliation being two completely different things. Absolutely. They do not have to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And sometimes they can't. You Absolutely. You forgive for you. That's an act of obedience, too. Right. But reconcil- reconciliation takes those steps. I okay. sure. That's awesome. Um, do you have any lasting thoughts?
1: Any Anything that comes to mind as you've gone through this and, re, you know, rethought it um, that you just want to share with anybody in this situation or no, going no through this situation? Those are two separate questions, but I like to put them all together. Um,
2: I think that the big thing that I want to pass on is you can always get out. You can always get help. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what your financial situation is, what somebody says you're not responsible for someone else's choices. You're not responsible for someone else's salvation. It it does not matter. You can get out.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a big one. You're not responsible for someone else's salvation. Mm-hmm. That one I took mean, me a while to learn, yes, too. Yes, <laughs> because it's, I mean, God gave free will to all of us. Yes. All of us, every single one. And so I think that is a, that is a big concept for everybody to learn, especially for women like who have gone through and are feeling like yes. they're struggling with the shame. You're not responsible for their choices.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's something else this whole entire situation has taught me. Um, I used to be pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has given me so much empathy. It's made me realize that everybody has a gut-wrenching story. Mm-hmm. Everyone is struggling. So, you know, a little humility and patience goes a long way. And laughter. And, oh, well,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. The joy. Yes. The joy, the joy. <laughs> Um, Well, Kelly, thank you so much. Oh, I do have one more thing. We will not round up if you have something else.
2: I forgot to mention this earlier. With Counseling, um, the book Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Townsend, um, I highly recommend anyone and everyone read that book, Mm -hmm. When to Say Yes and How to Say No. There are all different versions of the Boundaries book now, Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with Children. But I highly recommend... Any book by Dr. Cloud. And then also, um, The Five Love Languages is a, a popular book, but The Five Love Languages of an Apology is also a fantastic version of that book.
1: I've never heard of that
2: one. Oh, you should read it. The Five Love Languages of an of Apology. An
0: apology. Mm-hmm. Huh. We accept apologies in certain ways also?
2: Yes, and you can give them in certain ways. Um, it's just one of those things where it it helps reaffirm your boundaries. It helps you... Um, especially if you're in an abusive situation where you try to give the benefit of the doubt too much, you go, Oh, well, was that their way of saying they're sorry or they're not going to do it again? And basically it outlines what an apology is and here are the different ways it can look, but here's what it's not.
1: Yes. You know, so. They do do a good job of saying what it's not. Yes. Or what's, what's healthy, what's not healthy. Correct. And I think it helps a lot of women and men, but from where I, and it seems to have a lot of women that don't know how to maneuver those conversations or even words. Yes. Like, how do I say it? Mm-hmm. And it gives them words and direction.
2: Yes. Because that word submissive can be very confusing no. if it's not, very. you know, taken, if it's used against you instead of seen as a powerful role.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Good words, Kelly. That's good. All right. That's good. Thank you.
0: Well, so well, Thank. You. anything else? Are we sure? Because, yes. man, this has been a fabulous <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I love it. But thank you so much for um, sharing your time with us and your story. Indeed. And unpacking those hard-to-look-at places for us. Because even sharing our stories, even the ones we've rectified, can sometimes bring up old pain. So we appreciate your willingness to do that for us and to share that with our listeners. Because there may be somebody out there listening right now that needs to hear what you said. Anything else you want to share? No,
2: no but if you are listening... <laughs> I, I will. There, I knew there was one more. I will listen to you. If there you need you someone help. to talk to, I will believe you.
0: And you can That's go good. to our noisy narrative blog, and you can email us. And if you want to, if you want to talk about anything or need help, need resources, we will provide those for you. That's why we're here. So, um, and Kelly has just offered. You heard the words. <laughs> send, so the so send the, the email on the blog, and then we'll the get log. it to Kelly, and, and Kelly will, will contact sure. you. Yes, we will make sure that we get you what you need. So, anyway. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Noisy Narrative um, Podcast. Until next time, everyone, we'll see you later. Bye.